And then I was like, don't make me drop you like Elijah Wood. <laughs> I'll drop a hobbit. Oh, hello there. Microphone. <laughs> I was just reading literature. <laughs> Didn't see you there. Welcome to my YouTube channel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, YouTube. Uh, oh. uh, welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. I'm just, I'm having a time. <laughs> yeah, we're all having a time until we don't have any more. Oh, um, what is anyway. someone is on <laughs> Right. Uh, yes. So we are back. Um, we are on our main show adventure and this is currently the Clone Wars takeover. So, um, if you quarantine club, Clone Wars takeover. Yes. Um, well, semi quarantine, you're quarantined. I'm not, I'm essential. Um, you're essential to me. So you're the most oily essential oil I've ever sniffed. I would be lavender. You would be lavender because you soothe me. Exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, we decided uh, after the fact, after everyone else has already talked about it, to talk about the Clone Wars, and we started last week with uh, the Bad Batch arc, and mm-hmm. um, had some fun there, and it was really cool because that preceded uh, our Rebels rewatch that um, had to do with Rex after Order 66, so yes. it was really interesting to talk about a very Rex-heavy and very Clone Wars Season 7-ish uh, Rex, and kind of transpose that uh, to the future mm-hmm. a little bit. It was really interesting. So, uh, but moving on now, we're um, moving into a different arc. Um, I called it Ahsoka's Walkabout in the title just because that's what it originally was when they released the story reels of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know of a actual arc title for this currently. Kevin. Sure. Um, so <laughs> we're talking about the Kevin arc. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, Ahsoka's walkabout kind of makes sense, but yeah. I mean, a, a walkabout sounds a lot calmer than what she goes through. Um, but nonetheless, it's about Ahsoka underground and um, her after her Jedi life. Yeah. Uh, we actually found out something interesting when getting ready for this. Um, according to StarWars.com, um, Ahsoka's walkabout arc takes place before Bad Batch. Yes. Um, so continuing the great Star Wars tradition of out of order. Yeah. So, well, what's, if this was the original, if this was our original Clone Wars rewatch, we would have done Ahsoka first and then Bad Batch because we did it chronological. Mm-hmm. Did not realize the difference. We didn't. I mean, yep. until it, we it, checked Star Wars, it was portrayed time. as going very straightforward. You watch this, then this, then this. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's really interesting that in the end they still had to um, make the now. There's nothing de- definitive, so technically. They could undo that later. They could yeah. tell it differently later. But as of right now, they say apparently Ahsoka's walkabout took place first. But nonetheless, it's just Ahsoka um, kind of just, just soaking it up. Yeah. Um, you know, she runs into some new friends, gets into some adventures. And I love how they directly yeah. tie this to Siege of Mandalore, the next arc. So um, some really good stuff. Not a lot of people were super into it at first. But yeah, uh, I love them. I loved these episodes. They're they're fun yeah. episodes. I mean, I, I understand when you only get so much wanting as much like level 12 Clone Wars, mm-hmm. you know, Siege of Mandalore levels of Clone Wars. But arguably there are people, yeah. and I even talked about it last time with Bad Batch. It was very pure Clone Wars, fun, actiony, all that other stuff. Yeah. When I kind of wanted more character development. I wanted more, you know, big emotional moments. Which so, we got in the next arc. Right. Let's so see. for me, I would have dropped Bad Batch. Dude. Yeah, I get that. But no, I mean, it's not a right or wrong. It's just, 
one way or another, you're going to get something you don't want. Let's be honest. We all wanted Siege Mandalore. We just got other stuff too. Yeah. So there were, there were people that with this arc weren't as excited. Um, I guess yeah, it depends on what you come into Clone Wars wanting. Because if you come in wanting Clone Wars and clones and shoot 'em ups and action, Bad Batch was for you. Yeah. Ahsoka's walkabout is not. If you come in for character development and not necessarily always kicking butt and, you know, kind of connecting one story to another but not really being the story. Yeah then Bad Batch is not for you, and you like Ahsoka's walkabout. I mean... If you come in looking for just super cute girls <laughs> and um, just fun scum and villainy... Yeah, like, you're going to like it. You're going to have a good time. I want to buy one of those... You know those um, faux fur jackets mm-hmm. that are made of, like, Muppet hair? Mm-hmm. I want one to wear around the house <laughs> and just to be like, you trash. Yeah. Uh. My least favorite Trace sister. Uh, I love her, though. Oh, gosh, she was annoying. <laughs> She's so cute. She's though. supposed to be annoying, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you go in with positivity, you're going to have a good time anyway. So yes. hopefully you like these episodes because um, we're going to talk about them. Yeah. So, you know. We're going to talk a lot about them. And we had a good time. So, um, But before we get there, we said last week we would do something, and we didn't do that yes. because I forgot. And also because our laptop was dying in the middle of the recording process. Um, but... We were supposed to do a Star Wars has a quiz. Which member of the Bad Batch are you? Yes. Um, and we wanted to have fun and do that. But we also, I mean, we we did a long episode last week. Yeah. We did a full hour. So <clears throat> we were we we didn't want to overload you. So yeah. uh, we're going to add it in here as a little fun get em ups uh, to get our em episode. Um, and feel free to play along. Um, obviously, you can go to StarWars.com and do it yourself. but. Yeah. And if you're not from the South, what I just said was Gimona. Gimona. Which um, translates into get them on up. Yes, which means we don't know. Gimona. Um, so question number one, we both have it up. So we're both going to figure out what we are. I, I, all right. Is, first of all, Bex, yeah. what, do you, what do you think I'm going to be? I, you are going to be Solid Snake. Okay. I think you're going to be Wrecker. Probably. Um, <laughs> all right. So question number one, how would your friends describe you? Well, John, you're my best friend. How would you describe me? Um, so the choices are boisterous, arrogant, innovative, meticulous. I would say innovative. Innovative. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're very creative. I would say, I would say innovative for you as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. You're wrong, but okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How would you describe yourself? Um, how would you describe yourself? Knowledgeable, Knowledgeable brave, brave, methodical, methodical powerful. powerful. <laughs> methodical for I, me. I have a lot of like useless knowledge rattling around in there. So I'd say knowledgeable. You are. You, you've got a lot. You're, you're that friend in a lot of circles of did you know? You're that did you know friend. So <laughs> The annoying one, yes. No, it's cool. Learning is cool, not annoying. Pick um, something for lunch. Uh, Cop salad. No. Man, if that was a Caesar salad. Right? Dang. The bowl of pasta. Yeah. A Cobb salad, jerky pizza, or a bowl of pasta. I'd say pizza. Oh, of course. Even though I am gluten and lactose intolerant. (laughs) Uh, What Star Wars animal would you want as a pet? Rancor! Give me that rancor! It's a convor, tuca, rancor, and a wart. Wart? I've actually got to look that one up. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that one is. I want that big boy. Give me that big boy. Got two R's, so you know it's Star Wars. Um, it's a frog. It's a frog. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna. Dang, I don't want a tuca. 
I guess I'll get a Rancor too. I love Rancor. What scares you? Disorganization, disloyalty, heights, or nothing? I'm going to say disloyalty. Um, disorganization doesn't scare me. It makes me angry, though. No, okay, of these, what scares me? Nothing. No, I'm not saying I'm fearless. I'm just saying ooh. of those things, I'm not afraid of those things. They just annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> Pick a color. Red. Yeah. <laughs> White, red, blue, and black. I'm going to go with blue. Cool. Uh, <gasps> what clone is your favorite? Oh, you gotta oh, choose. No! You gotta choose. The options are Captain Rex, Commander Cody, Echo, and Fives. Oh, you gotta choose. I don't want to. You gotta choose. Fives. I chose Fives as well. <laughs> uh, how do you like to relax? Lifting weights? What is this? The gym? Uh, what is this? Hiking. Game? Hiking is very relaxing. Hiking. Shooting is just fun. I'm just gonna read. Okay. Oh. Who is your Star Wars style icon? Queen Amidala. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Come on. No. Uh, I mean, he does wear that vest very well. Who is my Star Wars style icon? I guess Han Solo because I wear pants. <laughs> I'm going to pick Lando Calrissian because I own more capes than an adult probably should. There you go. Uh, how do you approach a new task? Uh, I, is it, how how bad is it that I read the last one as AT-AT? Very bad. <laughs> it's careful planning, charging in head first, working with others, and at a distance. Careful planning. Working with others. I'm tech. I'm Hunter. Wow. I got I got Rambo. I got I got Solid Snake. You got Solid Snake. Okay. Cool. You have an aptitude for science and seem to easily find your way when you're faced with anything new. To be yep. a be it a foreign, I can't read, I can't be tech, uh, be it a foreign language or a new piece of technology. Your nose is often buried in a book or studying up on your favorite gadgets as you try to absorb as much information as you can. See, if you didn't pick read as one of your choices, you would have gotten record because record can't read. <laughs> His name's Jared. Auto automatically, automatically disqualified you. Um, Hunter, natural leader and... Uh, as if you were engineered for it. Uh, kind of, I guess. Well, yeah. Part of what makes you stand out is your heightened sensitivity to the world around you. Yeah. Uh, which allows you to respond more quickly to others in need. Uh, that's basically my job. That's actually, yeah, that's your <laughs> wow. job. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Highly recommend you check it out. It's a fun little 10-question quiz, and um, you get a cool clone personality to go yeah. with it. we'll share it on our Twitter. Um. It, I, I, I enjoy those kinds of things. It'd be cool if they expanded it with other clones because uh, to, choose, to choose between four clones is kind of a short task. I, I really do think because you picked Reed. Probably. It's just one of those things. One question can really decide who your character is with um, not a lot of options. But anyway, so um, that's who we are. Who are you? Why are you here? Oh, Why are you're you in here my house? because we're talking about Clone Wars. Get out of my Get house. Get out of my house. Um, so Ahsoka's walkabout, the arc is another four episode arc. It starts with Without a Trace. Um, very, very funny, funny episode. Yeah, very funny little uh, title because like we meet um Trace, is it Martinez? I'm, I can't remember how let me see. Mer Mer I can't remember how it is. I don't remember either, but we'll come across Martez, 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 the Martez sisters. Yes. I love them. Um, yeah. So we've got Trace and Rafa and I've already mentioned, I was not a big fan of Rafa, mm -hmm. but that's, you're not supposed to be because she's meant to be that <clears throat> annoying older sister. Yeah. Um, very, 
She's stylish, You're kind of the reason you're in a lot of the situations you're in kind of thing, whereas Trace is just very innocent and very yeah. along with it, and she just listens to her sister because it's her sister. It, you know, it's... Um, they're, they're both very interesting characters, uh, and what they end up bringing to Ahsoka's development through this arc is really interesting because mm-hmm. really... The, we see Ahsoka really transition in this arc into the leader Ahsoka yeah. that we see in Siege of Mandalore, which is much closer to the Ahsoka that we see in Star Wars Rebels. Um, she's very different here than classic Ahsoka in terms of mm-hmm. plucky, sidekicky. Like, it, it's not like... <sighs> she's no longer snips. Yeah, it's not, but it's not in like a sad, depressing way. It's not like, yeah. oh, you lost hope in the galaxy. No, it's just very much more like the way uh, that uh, Ashley Eckstein changes her voice for a very, very soft, very thought out phrasing versus the very loud and fast and energetic, you know, mm-hmm. she's no longer defined by characteristics that are very Anakin. Yeah. She's. She's figuring out who she is. Exactly. And so it's really, really, really cool and interesting to see that here and how that plays out because um, it's just, you don't get to see that much. You you know, we when you end with her leaving the Jedi Temple and then pick up in Star Wars Rebels when she shows up, obviously she grew up, but the Ahsoka that you'll eventually see that goes against Inquisitors the way she does, mm-hmm. that's not Snips. That's Ahsoka. And, yeah. and, and so, yeah, it's really interesting. Now, all of that doesn't happen here but you see the makings of it um or i see the makings of it yeah um and so it's really interesting and um and and those are the reasons why i i I do like this arc i think the it was a fun break from the plucky action of the bad batch arc and it was a good calm before the storm with uh siege of mandalore so i thought it was pretty cool yeah like i I think I've made it clear i like these episodes Mm -hmm. we got scum and villainy we've got like to, I thought, very fun characters being introduced. I, I like Rafa. Um, and I think that's just because she's, like, a because fun of her character. Hair. It's because of her hair. But <laughs> also. Uh, because, you know, I mean, there's nothing necessarily yeah. wrong with her character. I think if you take the sisters as a whole, it's a package deal. But yeah. Rafa on her own, and it, especially this, the first two episodes, where she's just very directly threatened by Ahsoka's presence. Mm-hmm. And... But when you get her motivations, yes, it does make exactly. a difference. Um, but no, like you mentioned Scum and Villainy, and I think this is exactly the kind of Star Wars I hope to see more of in terms of, yeah, now it has, yeah. here it does have to do with Ahsoka, but she's not here on Jedi business. She's not Ahsoka mm-hmm. as we know her. Yeah, Really, and, she's kind of just along for the ride. And what I like about the, these episodes is that it's Scum and Villainy on a small scale. Like this yeah. isn't Crimson Dawn, even though you know it kind of becomes Crimson Dawn later. It connects to the bigger stuff without being the bigger stuff. Like, you just get a story of two sisters trying to survive in a big galaxy. And that's what's great about it starting off on Coruscant is because Mm -hmm. these are characters and these are stories happening under the layer of what we've seen forever. Yeah. We've been on Coruscant many a time in episodes and movies. We've seen a lot of it from the Jedi's perspective. And and that's the driving force behind yes. this whole arc is Ahsoka's coming down in perspective. Last time she was on level 13, 13, she was hiding during the time of the bombing, actually. Mm-hmm. So the last time she was here, she was still here as Ahsoka. She wasn't necessarily 
there because she had to be there um, yeah. versus now where it's just like, n- no, she doesn't really have a choice. She's no longer in the ivory towers. She's no exactly. longer up there. And, and that's even a big factor in the first couple of episodes of her interacting with Trace. It's a lot of that. Oh, you come up from up there. What brings you from down here? It's a lot yeah. of that. Oh, you're from that side of town. You come up from this. And some of the things she says, even Rafa's just like, you know, she says things like, oh, what are you, a Jedi? Or, you know, it's just like, we don't do that down here. It's really interesting how much two characters and an arc can add to the mm-hmm. idea of characters in this world. It's world building because it's this idea of we idolize and in some ways envy this idealistic wonderful mecca that the jedi live amongst and that the republic is when in reality this is right below that exactly literally right below it on lower levels um we see that in the real world as well i mean that 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 exists but not quite as literally as, as this so um it's, it's it's a very classic Star Wars trope that has to do with um, tackling social cues and all this other stuff and everything. Do you think Ahsoka ever went back for her speeder? I don't think so. Do you think that she ever went back for the Mertes? Mertes? Sisters? Um, Trace and Rafa? Yeah. Um, I can't. You said it like a minute ago and I still can't remember what it is. No, it's interesting. I, I, that, that's an interesting little thing. To think about. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of that, that transitions to discussing actual details. So again, it, it, we start off with Ahsoka on Coruscant, and by the time we end, she's had some experiences and stuff that's grown her out of her box of thinking. Yes. Um, done really well, actually. So the first episode, essentially, she lands in the laps of um, Rafa and <laughs> Trace. By yeah, her, she's just kind of speeder biking around and then it, it goes kaput on her. And so she lands in um, Trace's warehouse and Trace offers to fix up her um, her speeder bike. And in the midst of it, Ahsoka helps her out finding out, oh, wait, you're kind of in a tough spot because these guys come up uh, demanding some money yeah. and everything. A and gangster course, named Pimtu. Yeah. And of course, Ahsoka can't you looking like Brundlefly. Like, I just... What is yeah, that? <laughs> it's really cool. Where can I get one? Uh, it's it's if you don't understand that, that's yeah. from uh, the fly. Yeah, uh, and he brings with him members of the Foot Clan, apparently. Yeah, um, Ahsoka, being the hero she is, can't just let them bully. Mm-hmm. But also, she does it obviously without a lightsaber and all this other stuff. Yeah, of course. And so instantly, Trace is just like, "Oh, she's cool," yeah. um, and ends up taking her to meet her sister in. A uh, coin-operated laundry facility. Uh, credit. Credit, operated. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wearing a Muppet coat. So, yeah, it, they own, she, her sister owns a laundry facility, but it's a guy's for black market business. Basically, she yes. takes jobs and weird stuff there. Um, Which is most laundry facilities. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Like, I've never been to a coin-operated laundromat and been like, oh, yeah, I feel completely safe. Yeah, exactly. No you know safe. you know, shady business happens there. There's no man behind the curtain stealing my underwear. So the job they take, I mean, uh, instantly, Rafa is complete opposite of Trace. Trace is, yes. again, very... She's very innocent. She's very innocent, wide-eyed. She's a dreamer call, of, yeah. I want to get my ship, and I want to fly around the galaxy, and I want to do this, and I just want to... 
not have to worry about stuff and be happy with my sister. Yeah. Whereas Ruff is very, no, I've been hurt and I want to hurt other people and I want to take advantage as much as I can until I can. She has, she, she dreams of being happy with her sister too, but she she doesn't necessarily work to get there. What she does is not necessarily to get there. She's like, I'd love to be happy with you, but we've got to do this stuff. Exactly. She's doing this out of what she thinks is a necessity. Yeah, when in reality, it makes it harder to live that dream that they want. Um, and also, we got some great eyebrows going on in this episode. Like, <laughs> sure. Look at these ladies' eyebrows. Uh-huh. Jeez, Louise. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh-huh. Picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> the job they take is to reprogram some old... Um, I guess they're load lifters. They're big boys. They're yes. they're big boys. They're like forklift droids. Yes. Um, Which is a fantastic concept. I so this theory. was the episode. I There was maybe like two instances in Bad Batch where I was instantly like, wow, the animation. Yeah. This chase scene with the load lifter um, down like the corridors of Coruscant's levels um, with Ahsoka and Trace was really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, between the choreography and the animation of it, it was I, – I really enjoyed this. This was a fun little uh, sequence. And I really – it's okay if it's just to show off animation because yeah. it was pretty. It was very pretty. It was really very pretty. Well done. Um, I love the sounds. I love when droids make sounds. And so when they have, like, those deep growls, like – and yeah. honestly, I'll say it. And because it turned, I think, 11 recently, um, Terminator Salvation, that's one of the things I love that it added was – machine noises Mm -hmm. the way they did it for terminator salvation was literally they took metal on metal sounds and made it sound like growls very cool because here's the thing when you've got a giant skeleton of metal it's going to make noise it's not going to be well lubricated all the time Hmm. like it's not like they've got a little termaluber um (laughs) like it you know so it makes sense that how can you move on so smoothly from that word (laughs) (laughs) so it makes sense that eventually you would hear it move Um, and on the right circumstance, you know, so like in my head, I'm seeing the exact scene where a T-600 turns towards Kyle Reese Mm. and it sounds like a growl, but it's really just the sound of the machine turning. But, but the way the film shot it, it looks like it's looking down and growling like an animal. Yeah. It's really cool. And I think Star Wars has that great, has, he's a fantastic sound design. Mm -hmm. Best sound design in the world. Oh yeah. But. It does, it majors in the minors mm-hmm. in a very fantastic way. Like you hear a mouse droid coming because I was a squeaky wheel mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, mouse droid. Yay. Mm-hmm. I love those. Mm-hmm. And droid noises are where I think it excels so well. Yeah. Well, it's, it continues that trend of sort of humanizing. I mean, in this case, they're trying to make it sound like a crazy animal. And that's essentially what it's doing. It's, it's a droid yeah. that woke up and is just like, it doesn't make uh, a string bolt. That's yeah, it's it's just going crazy. It's going nuts. Yeah. Um, so I really loved the chase sequence with that. It also showed us more of um, downtown Coruscant and all this other stuff. And it provided an instance for the first time, and who knows how long, that Ahsoka purposefully uses the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, when they get to a point where uh, Trace is like in a forklift and hanging off of the edge, you know, Ahsoka has to help she gets it tied off but she has to help it from uh falling over yeah and um all of this is behind the backs of the sisters yeah like the, she she is not honest with her jedi-ness and um yeah. 
you know, they have a couple of lines that make it make sense why she would hide, like. Yeah, especially when you get into their backstory. And you also have to understand, which she doesn't know at this point. Yes. But it it, it serves <clears throat> her well to not talk about it. But you got to understand, Force user is synonymous with Jedi at this point. Mm-hmm. So there's no, oh, you use the Force? Why aren't you a Jedi? No, it's, oh, you're a Jedi because you use the Force. Yeah. Like, it the, the the public do not have an understanding of force and Jedi and all this other stuff, which is why it's such a cult is because there's no transparency and all this other stuff. Exactly. But all in all, she's just, I think she's purposely trying to not live life like that. I think she's purposely just trying. I mean, I think of, um, have you ever, you've never seen, you've seen Hancock, but you never finished it. No, I did not see the rest of the movie. I've seen like the first 30 minutes. So spoilers for anyone that has not seen it. Hancock is a movie I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets a lot of crap. It's it's a fair movie. I mean, it's, movie. it's not meant to be blockbuster, but it's a meant to be fun. It doesn't have to be good for you to enjoy it. But Will Smith is this like superhero. Yeah. Turns out really he's an alien. Uh, it's very Superman-ish in terms, not in Baby in a Pod sent to I Earth. Know. But Gaku. It's very Superman-ish in he's got these powers because he's an alien yeah. kind of thing. Also, I said Goku wrong on purpose. Um, and then there he come to find out the reason he's kind of the way he is, is because he lost his memory. Um, he's super powerful, sort of immortal, but he can be hurt. Okay. Um, he can only be hurt when he's near another one of his species. Okay. So it's kind of like uh, unbreakable where he can only be hurt by water. Sort of. Have you never seen? Not by water, though. It it, he has to be. No, I haven't. He has to be near another one of his species, which is the plot of this movie. Mm -hmm. Is he finds another one? She knows him, but he doesn't know her. Um, and it's really interesting because basically, because they can hurt each other by being near each other, they separated. Um, you know, after he had the injury, she left him because she realized he he can die if he stays with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that character, that female's character is how I kind of see Ahsoka in this. I'm a god, essentially. I have powers. I'm choosing selflessly and actively to avoid using those powers for the greater good. Like, I, I, I can, yes, I can lift okay. my freaking car, but I'm not going to. Yes, I can punt this guy across the field, but I'm not going to. It, I, like, I see Ahsoka doing that in terms of, I am not that anymore. I am okay. normal. You could have also just said Man of Steel. Like, the first half of Man of Steel. I don't remember that movie, other than it was very gray, and it was. Gray. It didn't look like he could put his arms down all the way. <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't. He and he has lots. a bear. He has, he, I, I don't know if anybody's told him this, but Henry Cavill does a horrible British accent. So. <laughs> She's Louise. It's an inside dude. joke. It is because neither of us knew that he was British for like a long. I keep time. forgetting. Like, I mean, I was watching Mission. Get... I was watching Mission Impossible when I said that. I, that was. I was like, man, he he does not do a good British accent. And I told you that, and you're just like, he's British. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Let's for context. <laughs> I did not know that he was British until The Witcher came out, which uh-huh. was last year. Which I guess is the first time I, I've truly. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I just said Mission Impossible, I yeah. guess, but Because I was I don't watching, know. like, interviews, and mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what? It's really weird, because he doesn't look British. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I get that. Like, you hear certain people, and you're like, you look like you would sound. 
Yeah. He doesn't. He sounds like he would be American, or he looks like he would sound American. It's really weird, and it's not because he's muscly and white and big. It's it's. Have you seen his dog? It's just as weird. No, he has an Akita. Okay, so cute. <laughs> Probably his name is Cal. That's stupid. After Superman, Cal. Uh, uh, that's stupid. Could have named him freaking Crypto because he is Superman. He talked about that in an interview. Oh, idiot! Missed opportunity. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Wow. All right, I've seen Henry Cavill's dog now. It's cute. It's very cute. Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Um, so the whole first episode is literally, it's just that introductory. It's got yeah. that great chase scene. It just serves to cement, okay, Ahsoka is hanging out with these these sisters right now. Um, the second episode is where it actually starts to get into the misadventures that will be a regular part of this arc. That that sets up the main part of this arc. Um so we mentioned Trace is a big dreamer. She's got this big idea of how she wants her and her sister's future to be. And part of that involves her ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is very much a young teen on the verge of gradu- graduating high school. That's got this car they've been fixing up forever. And they're just like, look, yeah. once I get the chance, it's going to be ready. And I'm going to road trip and I'm going to be free and happy. Exactly. You know, the, the silver angel is that for her. It's okay. that. Dodge Charger that's been sitting in the garage forever. What's a worse name for a car slash ship? Silver Angel or Dick Turpin from Good Omens? What? Do you not remember that's his, that? That's the watched... name of his car? Yes, Dick what? Turpin. Did they mention that in the show? Yes, because oh. everywhere it goes, it holds up traffic. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's the best joke <laughs> in that entire oh, show. Oh, man. It's so amazing. Uh, yes, both. Uh, both, both. Are But, um, you know, I mean, she's young. It, it, it. It's very much. She's probably had this dream since she was a kid. She she's probably yeah. that kid that had a toy toy ship. She's and a was, pilot, you know. And she's like, "This is the Silver Angel." And mm-hmm. more than likely, when she got this junker that she started fixing up, she was just like trying to. What do I call it? Well, my favorite toy was the Silver Angel, so I'm going to call it that. You know, I, I think it's completely built on nostalgia for her and everything. Um, and it's a really cool ship. Um, it's I mean. It's a cool ship to have for like for it to be so referred to as junk or like to be so I you know you wouldn't imagine they would be able to have a ship like this. Like, yeah. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Um so it's really it's really interesting. I mean, you know, the, this is not the Volkswagen of Star Wars ships. This is this is a nice ship. Oh yeah. Um so it's really interesting that they have it, but it's it's a pretty ship. Um the cockpit is actually the same model as the Ghost um because this was a, supposed to originally appear in season seven before it was canceled. Um, and because it was canceled, they used the cockpit for rebels because they were like, it's never going to happen. And so it's like one of those cars that you see with like the front is a like Dodge Intrepid or whatever. And the back is like a welded on truck bed. <laughs> pretty much. That's amazing. I love it. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's really. Uh, it's the Camaro of Star Wars. There you go. Um, it's really cool. And it's also one of those ships that has a bunch of engines on the back, yes. which for some reason I always like. Um, I'm looking at your Tantivib right now. Yes, yeah. I, I love that. I love when it has two plus engine. Um, so the whole thing is Rafa's got a new job, um, and they've got to go off world for this one. They're going to be yes. running some spice because that's what you do when you're trying to make money in Star Wars. That's just the thing. Um, the big thing is because Star Wars is so big, you can have hundreds or thousands of spice runners because mm-hmm. 
so much to run. Yeah. Um, th- this is when we get the point that for Star Wars points out, this takes place before Bad Batch. So they load up in the Silver Angel and go off on their adventure. And um, as they're leaving, they cross paths with a Venator that kind of just patrols. Um, uh, well, not this one in particular. There are Venators that just patrol Coruscant because that makes sense. But that yeah, they're just would... Running around. That would be under the Senate Guard. That would be under Fox and all this other stuff. This is not related. This is just Anakin and his cruiser returning, and they just happen to pass this ship, and Admiral Uptight Yularen um, is <laughs> just like, name, yes. where's that ship going? And it's just, it's just like, shut up, old man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just for no reason y- Yularen's just like, oh, where are you going, and blah, blah, blah. And um, it mimics a scene from Episode Six, uh, which... I love when they do stuff like this because so the scene in episode six where they're in the Lambda class shuttle and they're trying to get to Endor and they pass by um, Darth Vader's uh, ship and there's that scene where Darth Vader looks up and then it transitions to a scene where Luke looks up and they sense each other and you know they sense each other. Um, that happens here with Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, really, really poetic and really awesome. And it's a good scene. Yeah, it, it's it's really good. Whether you think that Anakin knew or had a feeling or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it still works and it's still very poetic and everything. Um, it's also very tragic because it's just another example of how help is always this close to Anakin. Yeah, what he oh. yeah it's 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 the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker is a character meant to be tragic. Exactly, and if he had just reached out. Yeah, it, it that's it. It's just there. There's so many chances um, okay. that Anakin has. That's something that I think about constantly because I love true crime. Mm-hmm. Is a as lot opposed of, to fake crime. Well, <laughs> <shut> <laughs> well yeah, actually, that's why it's called true crime. Okay, <laughs> it's it's not like a thriller or a mystery. But the thing that gets me every time I listen to a story about a serial killer or something. Oh yeah, there's like, always opportunity. There's if they had just reached out. If they had just like said, I need help or, mm-hmm. but I understand sometimes know, psychology, sometimes. sometimes a lot of the time they like, don't want to. Exactly. Yeah. Like I understand. Anakin that. straddles a line. Exactly. <laughs> he is, he is the seller. Well, killer. because there's many an instance where he seems like he wants to, but he's frustrated and prevents himself from doing it. Something I struggle with. Yes. But by episode three, he's full on. You know, why don't you talk to Obi-Wan? He might be able to... I don't need his help. Exactly. By that point, he's transitioned completely to the just, no, I I know what I have to do. Mm -hmm. I don't need him because he's going to tell me not to do it. Exactly. And I, I, as someone who struggles with mental issues, I understand completely the ideal of, I don't want to reach out because they'll reject me. Mm -hmm. They'll, you know, they'll tell me I'm wrong. They'll do this. They'll, in reality... That's just your brain talking. Well, in in reality, sometimes that's what you need. I mean, exactly. Anakin needed to be told certain things were wrong and why. But the problem is Anakin's always been told what's wrong. He's never been given a good, compassionate, empathetic response, exactly. though. So, and, you know, oh, oh, I'm having dreams about my mom again. I miss her and I'm worried about her. And it's just that dreams pass. Exactly. 
He didn't need to hear that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I went through the same crap when I grieved my mom and it's just like people do that thing of it's just like, oh, it'll, you, you know, it'll get better. It passes with time. And it's just like, that's not a response. That's not empathy. Yeah. The thing that you hear a lot is they're in a better place now. Yeah. It's just like, that's I want not them to a be response. here. Yeah. Like. It, it, so there's many a time that Anakin has received that. And that is, you know, it's a reason why yeah. I might miss my mom and still grieve. Um, but I don't talk about it to everyone. I don't do it publicly and I shouldn't have to, I don't have to, No, but I do that because of the responses I've gotten, which on a smaller scale is exactly what Anakin does with big stuff. Yeah. And that's the danger. Um, you know, even when I don't want to share with everyone, I still have people I share with. Obviously you, yeah. because we're married and I have other people, but I have a very small list. Yes. That's the thing. You don't have to share with everybody, but you should share. Yeah. You should share. Um, Absolutely. Because this is your weekly reminder of your mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have anyone you feel will understand, find someone, exactly. F- you know, reach out, even if it's a professional, but yeah. the, the, you know, never work yourself into a corner of, they won't understand. They won't care. They won't, um, you know, they, they'll judge me. Like don't work yourself into that corner. You should share. You just don't have to share with everyone. Exactly. Um, Welcome to the family fun hour. Yeah. It's this just, is- well, no, I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those moments that's bigger than it seems. Um, and it's, it's how you read it. I mean, we yeah. read it. We read this little cute callback that way because of us. Yeah. You know, you can read it any sort of way or you can just move on. It doesn't matter. But, you know, it's it's a really interesting moment. And that was the first thing I thought of was just, just like, oh, my gosh. And uh, She's right. you know what? Actually, um, someone po- I saw someone point that out on Twitter not long after that. That was a real big confirmation for me because they had the same thing of just like, wow this really reminded me how he's just always meant to be tragic. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, actually, you know, it sucks, but he is the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Luke is the hope, you know, exactly. and everything. Um, so, you know, it's just really interesting. Um, the little bit of Anakin we get really makes an imprint. Yeah. Um, the other part of this. So when they actually do get off world, they head to Kessel, uh, which really cool. But it's also cool because we see the other side of Kessel. How quickly? How huh? quickly did they get to Kessel? I need to know. Not 12. Hmm. Disappointing. Probably 13. Ugh. No, it's the, it's the daggum silver angel. It's not getting there any fast. <laughs> um, so this shows us the green side of Kessel. So yes. this is the side of Kessel that's not overtaken by mining. And this is the part that's not just like humans that just strip all of nature for all it's worth um, to keep our lives comfortable and happy. And it's gorgeous. Oh yeah. You could, this is what the world would look like if we stopped messing with it. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Um, No, but uh, this is where the pikes most live now. So when we went to Obadiah on um, the adventure where they, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of researched, all right, what happened to Sifo-Dyas and all this stuff. Yeah. That's the pike homeworld. So yes, to kind of separate these, these are two different, um, places. Um, that's might be why I, I saw a couple people confused, like, uh, cause basically they saw pikes and were like, wait, is this the same planet? It's not the same planet. Mm-hmm. Um, just your daily reminder though, that, uh, solo missed an opportunity to actually show pikes rather than a guy in a big weird costume. All right. I'm sorry, but it's so annoying because that, that is a clone wars originated species that wasn't fully realized in live action. And it's just, 
It would have been hard. Uh, and I get that. But like, I well, I feel like they wanted to emphasize live action. They wanted to emphasize practical. Mm-hmm. And these guys aren't super humanoid, so it would have been. I get it. Would have been even if they just even if his face mask went away. Yeah. Something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because <sighs> you know. It's just it's it's a pipe dream. I just I love it's seeing. It's a pipe dream. Yeah, it's a there you go. It you know seeing stuff that originates in something that's not real Star Wars in yes. real Star Wars is a big deal. We now, have Maul and Solo too. Exactly, and I don't believe this is not real Star Wars. It's just a it's a because I believe it's real Star Wars. It's a confirmation for me, and it's a validation when I see it in real Star Wars. Yeah, it's a reminder that we see the groundwork of a lot of stories that we see in later Star Wars in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, Crimson Dawn started in the Clone Wars. Yep. Like, so much started in the freaking Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm just angry. Oh, no. <laughs> the I mean, Mandalorian it's just... started in the freaking Clone Wars. Pretty like... much. Yeah, I, but it's just stuff like that. It's really great to see. Yeah. Um, Because it's such a... There, there's just still so many fans that don't partake in all the available Star Wars. And yeah. it's weird and sad and crazy. Because they watched the first three episodes and but, they were like, I don't like this. But when they see something, like when Maul shows up yes. in Solo. If you didn't I mean, watch the Clone Wars, I literally just had a conversation on. with someone at work recently where, you know, he's just, he's watched the movies, but it was just literally like, I thought that guy was dead. And it's just like, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's a um, reason they show the robot leg. and But if you don't watch the Clone Wars, you they don't do get the They do story. enough. Yeah. yeah. You, they do enough, but it, like it's it's a really good. Wait, how'd that happen? Let me show you. Yes. Um. So, you know, much like Solo, they're they're given a deal on Castle to run some spice and everything. And um, well, they load up some spice, then go to um, I get. Do they take it to Obadiah? I'm trying to see. Da, da, da. Uh, they take it to. I'm trying to remember where they're supposed to take it. Yeah, Obadiah. Okay. So literally. But anyway. <laughs> okay, hang on. Wait. So now, okay, I get their deal. So Rafa's plan is to take the job to move the spice from unrefined spice. They yeah. can be made into anything they want. From Castle to Obadiah. In reality, what they're going to do is they're going to quote unquote lose it and sell it on the black market and get paid for both essentially. Exactly. Um, that's the the deal because basically. And that's why I had a moment of just like, wait, what's the stupid plan here? Because it makes no sense. Why? Okay, you have a business. You have a business. You you mine spice. Why would you hire a stranger? If you've got a legitimate business, you should already have people that can take it mm-hmm. to Homeworld for you. It makes no sense. Why did they hire them specifically? They, they joined on to be like they were going to continue to do that. They were going to be the new travel people. Yeah. Um, so I. It's kind of a convoluted plot, but that's why it does, it's not. It wasn't going to work, and yeah. that that's Ahsoka's whole point is this is dangerous. This is bad. You don't know how bad exactly. this is going to be. And I love that Trace just has this. So it's ra- like, okay. It's like if I was in this situation <laughs> with with and had to Justin make a decision and, and Ryan. Josh, Ryan. No, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan. My brothers, by the way. Jo- Josh would also be Trace. Josh and I would just be sitting next to each other like you, tennis you would, net. You would hover over the release button, unable to decide what to do, and then Josh would push your hand exactly. to push the button. Uh, you guys are learning a lot about so my family. This Ahsoka, 
and Rafa are fighting because Rafa is like, stop messing with my family dynamic. Let me do this. We need this money. Ahsoka's like, you're going to die. You don't need the money that bad. We can do this the other way. And Trace is just like, you know what? I don't like either of it. That, no. Well, it, what gets her is the moment they mention, they're you know, gonna they're going to take your shit. Sh- oh, she- no, no. <laughs> so she dumps the spice in this overreactive Dude. anxiety induced moment. And I, I love it because it's so real. It's so mean. Because you like they are young. Rafa is yes. a few years older, but Trace is young. She's a young teenager. Yeah. We're talking about like. 15, 15 16, 16 definitely. I mean, this is that kid that wants adventure, and as soon as they get it, they are the first one to cry. <laughs> like, this is the kid I right. took to camp, and they were like, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. Day two, they're calling me, pick me up, please. Mommy. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, you're staying yeah. there. Uh, so, <laughs> like, unless you unless you get, like, really sick, you're going to die. And then, and then they go in the bathroom, and then they make themselves throw <laughs> up. It's just like... Yeah. Yeah, the, it it's horrible. I have a friend. Sorry, we. Yeah, um, yeah I, I knew somebody that could do that. I I knew someone that could throw up as if you said moist. Disgusting. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was so weird. Um, I have a sister in law who hates the word naked. Yeah, well, but not naked. I mean, no, naked. she did not. It was not literally physically. She would vomit if you said the word. It on like it was ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Uh, but anyway. So yeah, so <laughs> they dump the spice. Well, Trace, Trace dumps, the, dumps spice. the spice, and of course, in that bad. Space, so they don't know where it is. So they try to. It almost works. They try. They basically land and try and dump empty canisters on Obadiah on the pikes. But and I don't care what they say. It's not Obadiah. It's Obadiah. If it was Dia, they should have had some sort of accent on the eye Obadia. or something. It's actually Obadiah. It's Obadiah. Um. It's Jeff Bridges, <laughs> circa 2008. Um, <laughs> That's a deep cut, baby. Yeah. So basically, they, Ahsoka nonchalantly and secretly uses a mind trick to try and... Yeah, they're like, cool. Yeah, like, you don't need to check it. It's fine. Just take it, go. Which is why you have friends around you. And uh, what... You're exactly, because... Okay, well, no, but, but... So she tricks one guy. Here's the thing with the force tricks. Trick everybody. Exactly. One guy's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go fine. It's fine. And then another guy's like, wait, no, it's not fine. Exactly. This is not fine. They're tricking us. And so it it's so funny because it's just like... They were this close, this close. Yeah. But then there's a really cool uh, chase sequence through some canyons and whatnot oh, yes. on Obadiah and it's everything. Um, but anyway, it ends with them getting cornered and caught because... And put into prison. Of course. Yes. And then we get... Um, oh, I'm trying to think of... I played a game when I was uh, younger that was very similar. To, I want to say it was um, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Secret Agent Clank. Um, where one of the characters, Ratchet, gets put in jail. And basically, the game is about Clank. Yes. But they had to give you Ratchet because it's Ratchet and Clank. So Ratchet's whole deal is he's always trying to break out of prison and it never works. So literally every level you play of his... I remember that. ...is trying to escape. This That's is this very episode. similar. <laughs> yeah. They escape... They attempt to escape from prison several yeah. times. And also, they try and torture Rafa. Yeah. Well, basically, they're like, they think they screwed them over. They think they have the spice. Now, this is what would have happened if Rafa's plan actually worked. Exactly. Let's go ahead and say that. Because they were never going to get away with not giving them the spice. 
Yeah. Which, let's be real, Star Wars torture is shocky shocky. Oh, yeah. That, they can't show, like, body mutilation, so they're like, I'm gonna electrocute this person. Right. And that's torture. And also, torture droids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Slim Boy Magoo from uh, yeah. episode six comes back. He's got a very Frankenstein head. And also, Slim Boy Magoo is the droid that's turning the the rocket. Yeah, at the at, at Galaxy's, the Galaxy's edge. edge. Yep. Which very cool. They're labor sense. droids, really, yeah. is what they are. But you can program whatever labor. That's the dangerous part about droids. Exactly. If you call torture labor, they'll do it. Um, to sum up this episode, um, just for the sake of time, as we already mentioned, it's an escape. Yeah. Back in prison. Escape back in prison. The <laughs> the significant funny. points of this episode are we get Trace and Rafa's backstory. Why yes. they're a little bit the way they are. Um, Which this is the first episode of the new Clone Wars batch that it got me on a deep level. Yeah. Well, it, it, it does what Clone Wars has been really good at doing because of the writing and directing and, and, and just because of the team behind it. Mm-hmm. Um in that it challenges the ideals of Star Wars without making you disbelieve in them. Exactly. Um, it's okay to be challenged on your belief and love of the Jedi and morality and all this other stuff without completely, you know, throwing the baby yeah. out with the bathwater, essentially. Um, yeah. But uh, so there, it's really crazy because it comes back to another Clone Wars episode. So the episode where Zero the Hut is broken out of prison by Cat Bane while they're escaping, there's apparently a car chase to, to credit. We don't see this on screen. Yes. So it's just, it's added events to something that happens. We know so, of the events, but we yeah, don't. We know see they the escaped. Details. So um, essentially the way I kind of interpret it is this takes place after the episode that we see. So the end of that episode is them riding away. Hey, we got zero. Let's go. And apparently yeah. the Republic chased after them after that. Um, in the chase, a speeder crashed into their apartment and yeah. their parents got them out in time, but died in the accident. Yeah. Um, that alone is why they're so close knit, very us against the world, blah, blah, blah. Why they're basically orphaned because of the circumstance. What makes it even worse is they didn't have to be orphaned because the Republic knew of this incident. A Jedi was there. Luminara was there. Yeah. Luminara basically was like, eh, the force. Yes. You know, the no. force will be with you. Uh, well, not, not quite that. It's, it's that, um, you know, and I say this as a, a Christian, uh, it's that very not really an answer of, you know, yeah. uh, God's will. You know, exactly. it's just like, eh, the force, you know, yeah. it was meant to happen. Is It doesn't make anything better. Exactly. Uh, it's not an, uh, to go back to our point with Anakin, it's not a, it's not an answer to grief. It's not an explanation. It's not. Um, it's a very, they're in a better place. And yet again, why didn't they put them in some sort of system to get them adopted or get them taken care of until they could have what they need to live on their own? You've got these kids without parents who are just left in the Coruscant underworlds to grow yep. up and live and survive in God knows what way. No wonder they hate Jedi. No wonder exactly. they hate this it, us against the rest of the Republic. The yeah. the ones up there, the ones up there that see the sunlight and all that. Like it's it all makes sense because yeah. not only did because of their circumstance, so they were chasing a bad mm-hmm. guy. We don't know who that bad guy was. We don't know who they are, but because of their 
battle because of their stuff. Our parents are dead. We're orphaned. And it's just because yes. the force said so, apparently. Exactly. No way that makes sense. Um, it's a big deal. Um, the other thing, they do escape at one point, sort of, but then get re-caught. But we get at the, the final part of this episode, as they're being retaken to prison, is we get a shot of some Mandos, um, particularly Bo-Katan and... Um, Ursa Wren. Yes. Sabine's mo- I mom. I freaking love that The shot. night owls. The night owls. Oh, yeah. It's They're a pretty so shot. so cool looking. And so um, that's the first clue of, all right, while this little side story is happening, something else is also happening. Yes. Something else is building up. What we find out in the next episode, which is, again, kind of surrounding, oh, we're breaking out, we're getting in, we're breaking, blah, blah, blah. Um we also find out the reason the night hours are there and what that relates to the pikes is because the pikes are related to Crimson Dawn, which is related to Darth Maul. Bo-Katan doesn't care about organized crime, but she does care about her homeworld, which is being threatened by Maul's control right now. Mm -hmm. Um, During part of her escape, Ahsoka learns of, all right, let's see what's kind of going on and um, gets a, no, that was in the last episode. In the last, episode, the last episode, she's like, wait, Maul? Mm-hmm. What? He's on Mandalore? So okay. in this episode, she goes through like, hey, what's he up to? Yeah. Um, we get a very interesting scene that raised a lot of questions. How do holograms work? How, how does holograms <laughs> work, guys? Because Maul straight up senses Ahsoka through the Force and looks around as right. a hologram. Yeah. Around a factory. Yeah, I'm like, what do you see? Like, what can he see? It Was it just like a, a stage turn where you're like looking at something that's not actually in your eyesight? Or was it like... It, it, it was... I know... It serves the, per- the purpose of the exactly. scene. It serves the purpose of the scene, basically. I need answers, Dave. Um, th- And that's the whole thing is she learns Maul's out here doing stuff. He's somehow connected to the Pikes. They manage to escape. And after escaping... Um, is when Ahsoka is approached by the Night Owls and Bo and basically, hey, I got a job for you if you're willing to help mm-hmm. because I need help, um, which is a really interesting thing. So I, I don't exactly know what she was looking for on um, Obadiah in relation to, I mean, she knows Maul's on Mandalore, likely, likely. so I don't really know, but it served the purpose of connecting Bo to Ahsoka, which leads us into the next arc. Um, which is very painful. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to well, talking about it. And then, you know, and along the way between the moments with, I mean, we get the reveal in this final part. Ahsoka says, I'm a Jedi and reveals that to Rafa and Trace, who do take it a little bit better than expected. Yeah. But it's this big moment of coming to terms with this is the effect the Jedi and this war have on exactly. regular people. This is why I don't believe it anymore. There's a couple of moments where Trace or Rafa says something and she wants to disagree, but then she's like, wait, no, actually, no, that's right. They're right. Dang. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it's, that's that character growth that I'm talking about with Ahsoka, mm-hmm. where we see her start to get a little more confident in just being her rather than being the Jedi. She doesn't yeah. necessarily respond the Jedi way. She doesn't necessarily act because she's a Jedi. She does it because of who she is and that she believes helping people is the right thing to do. Exactly. Which is why she 
goes with Bo in the end. And and to come back to where we started with this, that was the whole thing. It's just like, yeah, hang on to my speeder. I'll come back for it. I don't, I don't think she, think she does. No. Um, and that's not obviously because she dies, but stuff goes down and yeah. she can't exactly be wandering around Coruscant anymore. Exactly. Um, I, I feel like one of the many purposes that season seven, but the Clone Wars as a whole fulfills is making the end game believable mm-hmm. as to why the Senate and everyone in their mother would suddenly turn on the Jedi. Because mm-hmm. you get situations like this, where yeah. families have been torn apart by this well, war and by the Jedi. It's a very big turn from, I mean, you go, 2008, you're seeing the Clone Wars, and uh, I did, I know, I know you didn't, but no. you're seeing Clone Wars in the theater, and you're just seeing action, fun, Gindy levels of, this is just cool. Yeah. This is the cool part of Star Wars. And somehow we've grown to the point of maturity morality you've yeah. grown into these deep things where you f- you realize it's not about the war the war is just the setting for the deeper stuff yeah. and that's what this episode and what you're talking about as a whole leads to is exactly we've been going from this point because guess what we grew up in the same way all right the way we looked at the clone wars originally was ooh ah so cool that's how people used to look at the jedi we've now grown to a point where we see the jedi we see the republic we see the system as everybody else does, where it's kind of like they can float rocks, but they're kind of, they're kind of, yeah, yeah. They're kind of buttheads. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's stuff like that where it's like, um, you've grown, again, you've grown to a point where you can see the faults without necessarily just completely being like, oh, now it sucks. The the Sith are the good guy. Like, because that's where Anakin goes. Anakin goes to the, um, Oh, it's all bad. We got to get rid of it all. I'm I'm the evil guy now, and this yeah, eh, doesn't have to be that way. No, absolutely not. And I think Star Wars does this amazing thing where it teaches you, you know, this is the hope, this is the fault of you know having hope in something, but here's the redemption of that thing. Yeah, my relationship with how I thought about Yoda changed very drastically over like the course of the Clone Wars and Star Wars in general. Like seeing Yoda in his original form in Empire Strikes Back, you get this very, like, mythical sensei kind of uh, character, Mm -hmm. which that's how you're supposed to see him. And then seeing the prequels, because that's the order I watched them in, where you get, like... The word that keeps coming to my brain is administrative Yoda. (laughs) I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But like you pre-retirement, get, exactly pre-retirement. Like I'm completely checked out. I'm just waiting on that that check from Galactic Social Services. <laughs> and then like, I I didn't like Yoda for a very long time because I saw him as this authority figure mm-hmm. of like you saw no. him as as Aunt, the the point is exactly. the perspective in the original trilogy. There's nothing wrong with the Jedi. Obi-Wan and Yoda are essentially perfect until we look at them through a different lens. But when we look at them like Luke looks at them, it's just like these great, wonderful father figure mentors who can do no wrong, who I can't do any good without. Um, Versus Anakin, who looks at it like you're talking about in that very, they just want to tell me what to do. They don't understand. They don't, they just want me to be 
the chosen one and be the cool general. And they just want me to, they just want me for my resources and not me for me to be happy. And yeah, I mean, you're watching Star Wars the right way. If if you (laughs) felt that way. Thank you. Um, I've never been told that before. I mean, it's not to say that's wrong, but I mean, that that's what you're meant to feel. Exactly. Like we go through so many different perspectives, like you said, of, Star Wars and of characters through the lens of different characters who are our audience. Um, what's the word for that? Relatable. Uh, yeah, that we're seeing it through their eyes. Yeah, that kind of thing. well, proxy. So that's the to, to that point. Like, if you didn't see that, see it that way. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It just yeah. means. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. It, the the purpose of seeing it that way. The reason they they want you and George and the writer, like the reason you're meant to see it that way is only for the sake of understanding Anakin. Yeah. And his journey making sense. Why does he whine so much? Why does he feel this way? Why doesn't he just talk to them? Well, again, if you're watching it the way you've, you've been watching it where, you know, Yoda's kind of that poster child for you, but in general Jedi, you put this perspective of, golly they're just so uptight and mace is just so bad and just like you understand how anakin could turn exactly versus well you look at prequel yoda the way you look at empire yoda and you're just like how could you turn you've got yoda exactly like luke had yoda and had the whole there's nothing that could stop him and you're sitting here just like i don't like yoda what you idiot like (laughs) and to finish that that thought process mm -hmm. is like and then you get episode three Yoda who realizes, oh crap. Yeah. I messed up. And then he becomes Empire Yoda again. Yeah. Well, in you my know, brain. absolutely. Like, and I, I think all of the, all of the best Jedi grow beyond exactly the term Jedi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, like you get Plo who went from Jedi to Papa. Sure. <laughs> not, not quite, but okay. Um, I mean, to say you're a Jedi is not bad. So, yeah. I mean, I look at it the same way, um, and and hopefully people that, like, know me and and whatnot understand, but I look at it the same way I look at a lot of church stuff. Yeah. Um, As someone who knows you and understands, yes. I don't necessarily believe the best, even saying the best Christians isn't right, but just bear with me and try and hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. Yeah. Similar to how the best Jedi are the Jedi that grow beyond the term Jedi. The best Christians are the Christians that grow beyond the term Christian. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that we do not like organized religion. No, but, but when uh, when you aren't what you are in name only, when you aren't what you are yeah. because you were, you've been going since you were a kid. Exactly. Like, the best Christians are human. Yeah. And when it sh- shows up, you know, you, you do... Uh, love your neighbor. You do things that are just and upright and good for the greater good. Um, when you stand for loving everyone and meaning everyone, exactly. It's stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And so I see Ahsoka and I see Yoda in his later years. Um, I see Kanan, I see Ezra. Well, Ezra's not, doesn't count (laughs) because he wasn't in the Jedi Jedi era. Um, I see characters like Cal even where they're like, they're, they're the person that went on a mission trip. They're that person that got out of church for a little while and realized you can be a Christian and not do the uptight stuff and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. 
Um, if you want to debate me on the finer points of religion, that's fine. Feel free if you feel like what I'm saying is wrong. But when you take it beyond, I'm this because of a title and because of an organization, and instead make it, I'm just trying to be a good person. Yeah. Very different stories. Um, and and I think that's what we see Ahsoka growing into here. And I think that's what she becomes later on in Rebels. Um, you know, I, I think that we see the makings of a great Jedi, even yeah. though she herself, in her own words, is no Jedi. Exactly. Like you. Oh, gosh. I just, re- wow. <laughs> I just realized that's a play on Lord of the Rings. There's a I scene am where. No man. Yeah, there's a scene where she says, I am no Jedi. Yeah. It's really cool. It's great. Interesting. And I, it's almost as if to be good at something, you don't let it define you. Yeah, I mean, it just like, it just becomes an aspect of you rather than exactly what you belong to, if that makes sense. Some of the greatest artists I've ever seen on the internet are just like, ah, I'm not an artist. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not Picasso. I'm not you know Van Gogh stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But they are so fantastic mm-hmm. that it's just it blows my mind sometimes to see like all these people doing the Sailor Moon redraw. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like, ah, it was a 15 minute sketch. And their art is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. When you let something define you, you automatically kind of conform to what you believe those parameters are, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it's more about do you make it fit you or do you make you fit it? Exactly. When you make Jedi fit you, you get people like Ahsoka and, and so forth. Yes. When you uh, even Anakin, I'll throw Anakin in there, though he didn't do it completely yes. well, but that didn't have to do with the Jedi necessarily. But the best Jedi are ones that have no limits. Right. Well they they yeah, they don't like Luke like, Skywalker. It's the like Jedi. I'm here, but I mean, you know, Qui-Gon. You know, Qui-Gon? I'm I'm here, but I only put up with what I gotta put up with because of what I believe. Exactly. And he's the first to tell you it's just like, look, I believe this. I'm, whatever the council says, they can shove it. I believe this, <laughs> you know, and he's always going to do what he feels is right, regardless of the organizational structure. And, yeah. and you know, some would say that's rebellious and, and bad and dangerous, but some would also say that that's most appropriate. You've got to go where, yeah. So um, the, the I, I would say, I wouldn't say they have no limits. I would say they push the limits. Exactly. Absolutely. So. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the fun of these episodes is we start to see a character that we've been hanging out with for a very long time really start to grow up and and whatnot. And this is the makings of her as we see her move forward. And especially when we get into next week's uh, Siege of Mandalore, we start to see even bigger changes for the character of Ahsoka. Get ready to hear her mom cry. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, Be sure to let us know what you thought of these episodes and any points you had on this. And hopefully we didn't say anything crazy or offensive. Um, But if we did, just communicate with us. We don't ever say anything to be crazy or misleading or anything. But, you know, it's just one of those things where there's certain things we could shy away from talking about because, oh, what are people going to think and all this other stuff. But But in the end, we wouldn't be ourselves. Yeah, we wouldn't be honest. So um, now, you know, I mean... You know, if you don't believe what we believe or if you see it differently, that's totally cool. Yeah. We're totally cool with that. And and that's why we invite people to share so much, because if you if you do see it and think of it differently, we'd love to hear that. 
Um, so uh, be sure to let us know. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all available for that. Yeah. Um, and we'll be back next week and be talking about uh, Siege of Mandalore slash Order 66. Yeah. Um, that's just a long title. So we'll probably just call it Siege of Mandalore. But uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the season finale. Uh the Clone Wars finale. The Clone Wars finale. For now. For <laughs> no, now. It's done. It's done. It's done. Ahsoka like, lives. They Release tied the Snyder they, Cut. Right. They they tied it to episode three for a reason because that's the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, uh, so. I have feelings about the last episode and I we will talk about them later. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that's I That's all you to wanted say. to say. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Cool. <laughs> Release the Filoni Cut. Release the Filoni Cut. <laughs>